0: The NCAA is trying to flex its little bitty baby muscles, and it's cute, but who dies first, them or the pack? You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. As you know, we're available on every single podcasting platform as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me personally at Aldeo State on Twitter. Today, we're brought to you by FanDuel. Once again, America's number one sportsbook betting partner for a reason. Okay, so the NCAA is a worthless entity that provides absolutely nothing. So if you haven't seen recently, they're trying to finally put some modicum of effort into putting bumpers on NIL transfer, all that fun jazz. I think it's a great idea, but the NCAA is a sham. They're an entity that provides nothing to nobody not named a blue blood. You see it all of the time, right? This last previous season, schools like Memphis and Louisville and North Carolina State and KU had several, several recruiting violations that were very evident. And they got nothing, slaps on the wrist. See, the thing about the NCAA is They have to pretend to stay relevant occasionally. So they'll never go after the ones that make them a lot of money, quote-unquote, in their eyes. So what do they do? They go after the Oklahoma States of the world, the SMUs of the world, the UNLVs of the world. So they like to pretend that they still have some relevancy. But let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, they do not. They provide nothing. They do nothing and they penalize very selectively. And I'm not just saying that because they have gone out of their way to try to get Oklahoma State. That's not it. What it's about is the landscape of college football has changed. It is new. It has shifted. And it's not going back to the way it used to be. The incidentally could have and should have put bumpers on the thing in the very beginning, but they decided to stay out of it. I think that move right there was catastrophic for the NCAA. You've heard people like Greg Senke make mention of having the capability to potentially bring in a third-party type of place to monitor things fairly without having the blue blood, oh, we're going to let you slide status. None of that. So we know that it's possible because any shade you want to throw at the SEC You at least got to give props where props are due. And Greg Sankey has been at the forefront of a lot of the new evolutionary process in this this game. But Mark Emmert and all of those clown shows at the NCAA office, they do nothing that is significant for the sports world. And again, this is a business. If these mega conferences do in fact take take off, which I, I think is an inevitability, And it comes down to, let's just pretend it's a Mega 2. I'm fine with that. But I think more likely a Mega 3 is probably the right direction. And it's probably the way things are going. But if you paint that picture, their relevancy is non-existent. Greg Sankey knows it. The SEC knows it. The Big Ten knows it. I think we obviously know that as well. I do think that it's going to become a Mega 3. And when it does, they're going to have no hand in the fight. I firmly believe that third-party existence is coming. Whether it be the SEC that starts at Big Ten, Big 12, doesn't matter. So I I think it's fair to at least ask the question, does the NCAA lose their accreditation status faster than the Mountain Pack 7.5 West Conference? I don't know the answer to that. I think they're going to try to remain in the fray. Because of what? Dollar-dollar bills. That's all it is. The NCAA has tipped their hand multiple times. They have proven that they are not coming from an, an objective standpoint. They have agendas. They like making money. And they like doing backdoor shady deals. It is what it is. But the evidence is out there. Like, it is extremely easy to find all of the, the, the penalties and things that university should have received that got barely slaps on the wrist, right? You get caught maneuvering hundreds of thousands of dollars and your coach says, you know what? You know, maybe we did do something a little off-kilter. I'll take a four-game suspension. Well, how mighty noble of you, sir. It's a sham. The NCAA... Is an absolute shizness show. That's what it is. So, again, I don't see them maintaining their accreditational status uh, throughout the course of time simply because it's not going to be beneficial to anybody to do so, right? There's no metric in the world that you can think of that makes the NCAA relevant anymore. They are not. And just like the Texas a and AD said, he can say whatever he wants. The NCAA can pretend to do whatever it wants. But at the end of the day, the state legislation is going to be what wins out. And I think that's, that's the case, which shows the NCAA has lost any credibility and ammunition that they used to have. They monitor nothing anymore. They let this NIL transfer stuff get far too loosey-goosey. And now they're in a precarious situation that I don't think that they successfully get out of I think it's just only a matter of time and they did this to themselves just like the Pac-12 did this to themselves them sinking as fast as the the Titanic is on them and the NCAA gets to join them it is what it is they need to be better and it ain't gonna happen you know what is gonna happen you, ladies and gentlemen, are going to make some money because you can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now and get your hands on our no sweat first bet, which is, again, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And Right now, again, we're, we're obviously in the middle of you know baseball season. And the beauty of baseball is there's a lot of things you can bet on. But we all know right here and now we're going to hammer the over on Oklahoma State. That is the goal. That is the objective here. So do yourself a favor and then let me know, right, how it all goes for you and, and what, what you like to bet on. But again, Vandal.com slash LockedOn is the place you need to go now to get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Again, Vandal.com slash LockedOn. Help me help you help yourself. Go get it done. All right, so now we get to move off of the ridiculousness of the NCAA because – I've seen several people, publications, put out their Big 12 list, right? And a lot of people are bullish on a couple teams. So I wanted to give a crack at it here. And obviously, you let me know down in the comments section uh, what you think about my list. So I think that it goes without question that K-State should be number one. I understand they lost some pieces, but I also understand they had a pretty good Pretty good time in the transfer market. Chris Kleiman knows what he's doing. He already has the foundation set in stone for what he's trying to accomplish. I don't see that diminishing anytime soon. Plus, the way they play the game of football, it's old school. It's impressive. And if you can keep the ball of the other team's hands, regardless of what kind of offense they're running, it's always going to behoove you. And the you in this situation is Kansas State. Until somebody knocks them off, The way they play the game, the people they have coming back, their quarterback's an animal. K-State's got to be number one. Very begrudgingly, I do have Texas as number two. I hate it just as much as you do. But I call a spade a spade. And Texas actually is going to be good this year, I feel. I'm not going to pull a Sam Ellinger or the ridiculousness of the Texas fan base that's so delusional. They don't know the difference between their whole in their head, in their hole, in their wazoo. But nonetheless, they've got all the talent in the world. And, you know, I'm a big believer in Quinn Ewers. I'm an even bigger believer, I think, in Malik Murphy. I like Malik Murphy quite a bit. Matter of fact, uh, Malak Smith reminds me a lot of him. You know, it's funny. I was on a, a space the other day, and I mentioned that I really, really like Texas's quarterback situation. And I also think, that you know, Quinn Ewers is athletic enough to move all over the place. And I dare I mention that I think Malik Murphy is so talented, he could move to a tight end position. I got laughed at, I got scorned. Go get this one. I got called a racist because how dare somebody six foot five, 240 pounds, can play the game of football at a different position, anyways? That's There's some idiotic things that some people think, say, believe. It is what it is. It's not rooted in reality, which is kind of a frustration, but it is what it is. After Texas, also begrudgingly, I have OU. Not because of strictly talent. I think OU is running in the same kind of situation that we are as far as their schedule. They definitely have the second easiest schedule in the Big 12. So I expect them to capitalize on that. Do they have talent? Yes. Yes. Do they have another year in the system to figure out that defense that is pretty complex and obviously fairly complicated, as you saw last season? I think the answer to that is is probably yes as well. If Brent Venables is able to not only slow it down for everybody, but again, as we're going through the, the simplification process, as we're going through the KISS methodology, I think Texas has an applicable advantage there as well. So there you go. And then OU at three, again, don't love it, but the schedule sets up well for them. And just like schedule for us sets up, well, it's why I have Oklahoma State at number four. Oh, no, big surprise, Cody's a homer. Sure, maybe, but again, just like yesterday, either Cody's crazy when it comes to quarterback evaluation or the wait-and-see approach is going to be pretty beneficial. Don't mind it. Oklahoma State is definitely number four in my book because I, I, get, I get to have eyes on a lot of things. And I, I see it. It's all over the field. The talent is crazy. The offensive line is finally pretty squared away. Our quarterback room is far deeper than anybody's giving us credit for. The running back room will rush for over 4.5 yards of carry. Dag nabbit. I've said it 100 times. I'll say it 100 more. Bet anybody you you, you can find that's willing to give you their money that we rush for over 4.5 yards of carry as a team. It is what it is. I feel it coming. Uh, Next on the list to me is TCU. I know a lot of people think TCU is going to have a little bit of a a setback, but pretty similar to K-State, in my opinion. Yeah, they lost some dudes, but if you look at what they picked up in the transfer market, it is beyond impressive. What K-State did in the transfer market was exactly what we have to do this season, and it is capitalization. They capitalized on their season And I think they're going to benefit from it this year. I do not think that, you know, the honeymoon phase is over quite yet for TCU. Are they going to be quite as good? Probably not. But that's also because from top to bottom, the Big 12 is going to be as strong, if not more, than it was last year. So the parity side of the equation is not going to go away. That's why I have TCU at five here. I know Morris is a little bit of a, you know, a question mark, but similar to Oklahoma State wrestling for 4.5 yards carry. I think uh, I TCU is going to be pretty comparable there. Next on the list, number six for me is going to be the BYU Cougars. So I've seen a lot of publications and individuals put BYU ninth, 10th, 11th. I don't understand that. Like, to me, that's absolutely preposterous. Now, I'm not the biggest believer in Keaton Slovis, but I am a big believer in Kalani Satake. I do think that the management of the roster, and, and let's think about it, guys. These are grown men. These are grown men that are trying to excel. And if you have a coach that's able to do that, you're in a winning proposition. You're in a great situation. Next on the list has got to be Reckham, Taco, Texas Tech for me, ladies and gentlemen. Their quarterback situation, I think, other than Texas, is the best in the conference. I do think Tyler Shuck is going to be pretty productive this season, but I also think that Barron Morton is the next guy in line to potentially be in the Heisman race for the Big 12. I firmly believe that. And they're riding a high right now. When you talk about building momentum, they did that instantaneously when they hired Coach McGuire. When they brought him to Lubbock, it immediately started this trend of momentum. And when you catch momentum, you can catch fire. When you catch fire, you can bottle it up, and you can be successful in the season. So I think Taco Tech is a year or two away from legitimately competing for a Big 12 title. But they will win some games this year they're not technically supposed to. They might drop some games they're technically not supposed to. That's what makes Texas Tech a little bit of an unknown to me. But the talent is pretty good. The quarterback situation is pretty good. And I do have faith in the momentum that they're, they're building at the moment. Next on the list to me is going to be Baylor. I know a lot of people have them pretty low on this list as well. Listen, it is an absolute shame and it should be an embarrassment so send this to your Baylor people. Can y'all finally, for one year, please show up and support your team? Because to me, it would be a maddening experience to see the lack of butts in the seats in Waco. No matter how good they are, they, they could be playing a top five team in Waco and still not sell out the daggone stadium. So as much as I, I like Dave Aranda, I think Dave Aranda is getting screwed right now by his own fan base. Baylor fans, you guys suck at supporting your teams. Baylor fans, you need to be better. You can run through the tunnel with your alumni, students, all that fun jazz, whatever it is, but you need to get more people that give a crap. You have arguably one of the nicest facilities, stadiums, football-wise in the conference, and you treat your players like crap by not showing up to support them. That's on you. So if you lose Dave Aranda this year, as you should, it's because of lack of support, in my personal opinion. So I I do have Baylor there, even though their fan base irritates the absolute tar out of me. Uh, Next on the list is a little bit of a surprise. Is going to be Kansas. Guys, Jalen Daniels is the best quarterback in the Big 12. And Jimmy Bean's actually more than serviceable. He's one of the—well, last year, I don't know about this year, but last year he was the fastest player on the team, the backup quarterback. And you saw flashes of brilliance from him when he came in after Jalen Daniels got hurt. A lot of people want to say that that's what caused KU to kind of fa- fall apart down the stretch. I don't think so. I think the the schedule caught up to them, right? I think they, they were not a flash in a the pan. They have talent, and they've brought in a lot in the transfer market. KU is going to be good. But I think if you look at KU in comparison with some of the new guys in the Big 12, depth, 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 depth. Depth up front is going to be critical. There's not very many people in this conference that are going to be able to stop Justin Kirkland. Just like last year, there was virtually nobody that could stop Siaka Ika from Baylor. It's going to be comparable to me. And KU, talent-wise, I love it. I love Devin Neal. I love their entire running back room, right? Getting transfers from, from Minnesota and things of that nature that that played as a true freshman and was very productive as a backup. Like, that's insane. Their defense, a little sketchy. I get that. But they're trying to build that up. We'll see how it goes. Next on the list for me is going to be, give yourself a drum roll. UCF and I almost think this is dumb too right I got UCF at 10 here why well probably because I'm seeing UCF at six five seven all the flipping time how why can somebody out there and and yes we just had sons of UCF on the show I'm a fan I get it I actually would love nothing more to end up in Orlando which I'm leaning towards doing so I want to be at the bounce house I've been invited to some tailgates already so that's pretty exciting Hopefully, the UCF fans that watch this that invited me to their tailgates don't rescind that offer because I just don't see it. Like, I go back and look at John Rice Plumley film. Yeah, he's probably the most athletic guy in the conference. But athleticism means nothing if you don't have production. Athleticism means nothing if you don't have the running game to back it up. Athleticism means nothing if you don't have the wide receivers that can take the top off the defense or settle down in the zone effectively enough to get... The yak, the yards after catch. I just don't see it with UCF. Maybe I'm missing something, and if I am, by all means, let me know in the comments section. Matter of fact, like it if you like it, dislike it if you don't like it. Let me know what I could have done different to make it a little bit better. And and again, tell me what you think about my analysis right now because with UCF, I do not see the depth quite yet there, and I do not see John Rice Plumley all of a sudden throwing dimes and dicing up defenses. Athletically, if you shut him down. What are they going to do? Again, maybe I'm wrong. And if I am, let me know. Oh, my computer's about to die. All right, so uh, I got to hurry up here. I got you, Number 11, I got Iowa State. They're going to be better, but I still don't see uh, Deckers as, as, a, as a winning proposition for them. Then you go on. I got number 12, West Virginia. West Virginia, I don't know why they kept Neil. I really don't get it. He should be gone. Neil Brown should no longer have a job, but he does. But you're talking about Garrett Green being the guy. That's a concern to me. I love his athleticism too, but it's kind of like the John Rice Plumlee situation. Is it not? To me, it's it's pretty similar, right? I get it. Uh, number 13 for me is going to be Houston. I went back and forth here, and and my Cincy, Cincy guys are going to be mad at me, which is fine. But losing Fickle definitely hurt. There's nobody in the country that can say losing Luke Fickle is not going to be a problem for Cincinnati. They were riding a high. They're riding a wave. I think if they were able to retain Luke Fickle, the recruiting wouldn't have been able to catch up, and it would have made uh, their, their depth a little bit better this season. It is what it is. They are in last place, in my opinion. And Houston's going to have a lot of talent. Houston's first team is going to do very well. It's, again, it's the depth piece. And I think most of these coaches would tell you that you're a while away from having enough depth to, to be effective in the conference yet. They should get there. I know Cincy will get there. I know Houston's in a hotbed of a recruiting areas, so they should get there. Doesn't mean they will, but they should, right? Um, and, and then lastly, we'll, do, we'll just do a, a quick evaluation of the sports. My lovely son helped me get packed up, and we don't have the charging cord, so I'm trying to rush through this. I apologize, but I'll get her dead. All right, so you can look back at Oklahoma State this season. A lot of things went very well, right? Uh, We had an individual champion in the NCAA, 3,000-meter. Women's and men's cross-country both took home Big 12 titles. Women's indoor track and field also took home a Big 12 title, questioner in Big 12 title, and a national title. Men's golf, baseball, and uh, softball had their fourth consecutive World Series appearance. And that's some of the highlights of the year. And I mentioned baseball there. And I actually don't like doing so because we tied, right? We had a three-way tie for first place. We should have won it. We could have won it. West Virginia actually probably should have won it. But they found a way to pee down their leg, as did we. That's on us. Grace Yokum in soccer did become the career-leading scorer for Oklahoma State. Kylie and Naomi matched Sydney Pennington's career home run record for Cal Girl softball as well. Kelly Maxwell and Dayton Fix also earned US. Uh, senior national spots, as well as Coach Mike Boynton, and new recruit Eric Daly Jr., also represented the United States U19 World Cup for FIBA. Across all sports this season, Oklahoma State produced 46 All-Americans, 23 Big 12 individual champs, and we set a school record with 10 college sports communicators. Whatever tarnation that means. So help me out in the comments section. Um, And then if you go, recently we looked at the Learfield Directors' Cup. Oklahoma State, 11 of 18 sports had a top 25 finish. Yes, it's not always in the sports that get talked about the most, but again, that's part of this evaluation. And what's cool about this is Oklahoma State has two less sports that are calculated into this Director's Cup scoring system than everybody else. So we're essentially playing with a little bit of a handicap, and we're still top 25 in the country. If you look at that, it's very comparable to Texas and OU. It is what it is, and we're right there, which is precisely why, ladies and gentlemen, this is why we should be the king in the new Big 12, unquestioned leader of the conference. That should be us year in, year out. For the first time in the 24-year history of the all-sports Bedlam Series, we tied. Oklahoma State has won nine or eight of the last 10 years in this Bedlam Series Cup. So there's a lot to look forward to. I think the argument could be made that wrestling is it not in a great spot. Uh, we are going to have somebody come on the show and discuss the fact that we did have the number one recruiting class in the country, from what I've been told, when it comes to wrestling, I know we got the number one pound for pound overall wrestler in the country. But as far as the metrics for for measuring out, I don't know exactly that yet. But we're gonna uh, we're gonna dive more into it. And again, guys, this three hundred twenty five million dollar athletic vision, vision plan, it's beyond phenomenal, and it should take Oklahoma State to yet another level. Hi, right, y'all. I think that's all we're going to have for this one. I got to get out of here, get on the road, hit the, hit a baseball game at my alma mater, Friends University. I cannot wait. I'm excited. It's hot as all get out, but it's all right. I guess it gives me an, an excuse to get my tan on, the one that I don't get. It is what it is. All right, y'all. As always, you know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. And thank you very much for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. All right, y'all. Later, taters.